Hi, everybody. Welcome. And uh, oh, it's almost like a welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, Johnny Torres, how are you? This is The Yard Sign, uh, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Uh, sorry, we've been away a little bit, you know, as uh, everything's uh, starting to ramp up here as the summer is coming to an end. And so I've uh, been out of town and uh, unfortunately uh, just... Uh, Again, you know, trying to fit in the show where we can, but, uh, you know, a lot of changes are coming and uh, pretty excited uh, for uh, all the, the changes that we are getting ready to share with you. Uh, nonetheless, we are coming to you from the Bullhorn Communications Bunker here in Ebor City, Florida, uh, home and birthplace of Tampa, Florida. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget you can uh, subscribe to the audio version of our podcast on any of the tech overlords over at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon on an iHeartRadio um, and uh, of course I'm excited because we have a great panel a lot of familiar faces today no new faces uh, which means we get to spend more time on tonight's topics uh, speaking of tonight's topics we're going to delve into a little bit of the 2020 Olympics uh, and what's going on there so far uh, no major drama USA side um, and of course uh, how all the good stuff is still to come uh, we'll be talking about the Delta variant how that's affecting uh, the country at large and certainly here in Florida uh, how the, the shift is happening politically on that. And also in Europe, vaccine passports are causing uh, protests and riots. Uh, and uh, so seems like the, those folks are finally waking up to some Florida freedom. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Congressional District 13 and one familiar face who has now jumped into that race. And, of course, uh, we can't talk about Congressional District 13 here in Florida without talking about all the drama that's going on regarding Anna Paulina Luna. So we'll touch on that as well. And Cuba 3.0. Um, you know, we all uh, talk a little bit about what's been happening, uh, where things are headed in terms of the protests that have been happening in Cuba, and of course, uh, how we all plan to solve that and resolve that issue for, for everybody else. So. Oh, we have, we have plans. <laughs> we know what's going on. All right, let's go ahead over to the big table now to introduce today's cast. And again, familiar faces with me. Today, joining us right here to my left, Joe Wicker. Thank you, buddy, for coming as always. Which camera are we looking at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, right there. There you, are. you and I have actually been spending quite a bit of time together. Yeah, so yeah. we, we, you know, I Can't think we kind of know where we're, yeah, we know where we're going to be headed with some of these uh, topics tonight. I feel a little jealous that I wasn't included you should. in these. Oh, no one called. Me. <laughs> no one called me. Could have hopped on a Zoom. Could have gone to Orlando. That's true. I will jot that down right I now. Feel, right will, here. Conventions are well. Florida's open. Florida's open. That's We're right. Conventions is good. It's weird though because in Orlando, because of the tourism population, there seems to be more people wearing masks there than you see here in Tampa Bay. Probably so, but I still was pretty surprised. I thought I, I had to look for people with masks. I, I felt like I had to look for it. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's just why I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. And I was at a healthcare. <laughs> right. Well, you were in the heart of Disney too. I mean, you were, yeah. in, you know. So. But then again, I mean, it, it's healthcare, so maybe the vaccine rates are higher. I don't know. Anyway. Right. All right. Well, we're open. Uh, to Joe's left is our good friend from across the pond. Uh, that would be Bernie Jacques, uh, <laughs> State House Representative candidate. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming back, buddy. How's the campaign going? It's going well. You know, we came out the gate pretty strong. We filed in uh, April. Mm -hmm. And um, since then, we've been picking up a lot of great endorsements in the community. Uh, some of them are uh, Kathleen Peters, County Commissioner. Cool. Uh, That's a good state one. Representative. Yeah. Absolutely. Larry Ahern, who held this seat. Um, uh, prior a little to while the, ago, yeah. Right, yeah. So right. that's four years ago. That's and great. So, 
And then uh, we announced today uh, Mayor Leslie Waters. Uh, oh, Seminole, nice. Yeah, my, uh, the Waters wave. That's fame, right. <laughs> as you might recall. Mayor Waters is legend. Absolutely. Um, you know, Absolutely. she's incredible. So congratulations on that front. Also, I think you have... Uh, a mixer coming up or something? Yeah, that, uh, absolutely. So the last Thursday in August, that's August 26th. Yeah. So exactly a month away, uh, we're having something at Clearwater Brewing, uh, 5.30 to 7.30, come come out, support. Uh, good good way to uh, meet me if you haven't already. Um, hear a little about my, my, my platform and um, meet some of our supporters as well. And um, add to our coffers so we can have the, the funds to spread our message uh, far and wide in the district. Right, awesome. Yeah. All right. And last, but certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, Anibal David Cabrera. Doing his homework over there. That's right. You've been awfully quiet today. I, I apologize that like work actually has to be done. <laughs> Financial <laughs> reports have to be done. You do it before the show. Projections. Before the show. Like literally I can pull up. <laughs> what do you project? I was what working. No, I was working on budget the reports. Or what is it, the GDP over there? Budget reports, inflation, all that good oh, stuff. So I send inflation. it. I send That's it Joe's to the, favorite topic. Uh, after I finish the report, I send it to the Fed. They go there through it, go. goes on to the CNBC. And then they push it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a direct line of communication. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to be 100% uh, transparent here uh, <laughs> uh, as we go into our first topic, which is uh, the 2020 Olympics uh, kicked off last week. Uh, I've been, I didn't realize how disconnected I was until you and I caught up before the show and realized I was missing all kinds of stuff happening here at home. Um, but 2020 Olympics, haven't even seen the opening ceremonies yet, but I heard it was incredibly awkward uh, because uh, Tokyo especially, they've been having a lot of protests just be, for having the Olympics in general. Uh, very concerned, very um, just uh, yeah, just Meaning concerned the about. Don't want it. Yeah, the citizens uh, didn't want it because of COVID, basically. And you're bringing in people from all over the world, you know, here to Tokyo. And there were protests outside of the opening ceremonies. There was probably more people outside than inside the opening ceremonies. Well, they didn't allow, um, right? Didn't they? So yeah, there was no audience. I mean, they basically so, said there was going to be no attendance. At the end, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, what's That's funny is is that, and I don't know how many of you have like Roku or one of those things, you know, these smart TVs. But they have these now where you can literally watch any sport that's happening in that moment uh, um, live. And we were trying to watch table tennis. And it was literally like watching C-SPAN. It was like one camera in the corner of the stadium. You could barely make out the tables or the players. Really? It was so bizarre. Really? Was and that of bad? course, there was nobody in the arena in the stadium either. So it was abnormally quiet. That's unfortunate. You know, but we now know, right? It's kind of like the the innocence has been taken from us. We know that the the Olympics, much like the World Cup, these countries invest billions of dollars to not only win these uh, these opportunities, but also to host these opportunities. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, I mean, is is it just money wasted? I mean, is it? I mean, looking at what's happening in Tokyo, they're not making any revenue because. I was going to say, so if you have no traffic if you have no tourism due to it right then what do you have the not only that rights, let's the remember these are the 2020 olympics as we have in our caption but it's 2021 so they even pushed it back a whole year oh yeah you know which cost them more yeah. money yeah. it yeah. cost them billions of dollars to have to push 1.6 billion dollars right to push it back a whole year um and now of course it kind of throws the whole schedule off but but go ahead you were saying joe well i was just gonna say i mean they they how are, they, how are they making money off of this um, other than maybe, I guess, TV revenue somehow? Because right. I remember, um, I just remember years ago, um, uh, was it the Atlanta Olympics in 96, or when I still lived there, or, 
um, where there was this there was this a lot of debate around do communities that host the Olympics actually net positive because they tend to build stadiums and 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 they have to retrofit venues and they have to convert they have to convert things for housing and they they spend billions of dollars it seems like to get ready for these things if no one comes to your Olympics how do you make money well, even still, I mean, even when people do come, you know, look at Brazil. Brazil hosted not only the, the Olympics, but also the World Cup and notoriously lost billions of dollars in the process. Crazy. Now, it's, it's, it's kind of government math, right? Because, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, they say, well, ba it basically promotes the country. Yeah, 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 it promotes yeah. various parts of the country. Right, and right. then you see the rewards down, down the road yeah. as people come to visit after the fact, right? Yeah. Because it's now been promoted yeah. for an entire month or whatever, two months, you know, worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's that kind of a more of a branding like marketing. Gover government math? You know, that's right, yeah. <laughs> What's so, the ROI? ROI <laughs> that's right, what is the ROI? No, it's, it's a lot of negative and a lot of zeros. But the only, I believe, the study was done by a think tank in, in DC about how the last Olympics that made any money was um, one of the European ones. So like Brazil hasn't made any money. Um, a lot of uh, the South American ones didn't make any money. Um, I don't think a cup has happened in Africa yet, or has, Olympics hasn't been held in Africa yet, so that's not happening there. But I think a lot of people just realize that. I think LA and Atlanta made some money, and then the Winter Olympics in, South, in Europe make money. But that's because they're the only few that actually have the infrastructure to be able to not have to build brand new stadiums. Yeah. So that's what happened. Well, Brazil yeah. notoriously tore oh, yeah. down tons of neighborhoods. Okay. You know, they displaced tons of low, you know low-income housing. Um, you that's know, always the controversy, their, right? Like, their favelas, which are basically their slums. You right. know, they notoriously just just tore them down and kicked people out, and you know, and all of a sudden these people had nowhere to go. It seems like that happens every every city, right? That's yeah. I think it was, um, I don't know if it was Atlanta or one of the other ones where they were talking about how they were busing, like putting homeless people up in hotels literally just to get them out of the way, right. which is kind of, which is really kind of messed up, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, so you don't have a place for them to stay throughout the year, but because you got the Olympics, you just want to get them out of town. As a lover of history, I'd be interested to see if the same debate was going on in the ancient games. You know, was there a constituency of people in Athens? I mean, like, hey, this, uh, the map doesn't check out here, you know. Yeah. Well, Don't bring the plague here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the ancient games were hanging out here. The right. ancient games were in the same location every single year, and everyone came there. Right. It so, was in Greece, so right? the, uh, the AOC, yeah, so the, um, the Olympic Committee has been actually debating the fact of just having it in like five different countries and just rotating it instead of allowing other countries to bid for that can actually cycle, which makes a little actually sense. host them you know what if they just hosted it in Greece permanently like oh no old school Greece, could, I mean, Greece was horrible Olympics. Greece's Olympics was yeah, well, horrible what year was that was that, no, that was 2000 they I just couldn't I mean they don't yeah have they don't the, have the money they don't have the population no they, I know but they, would they don't even have the infrastructure they become, they become their thing <laughs> yeah. and then like maybe they would make some well it was money. their thing I mean yeah, right. they lost it. it was their thing <laughs> yeah, and they lost it maybe right. they could make some money and pay back the EU for all the bailouts they got there you go ooh that got close fast but see like the United States Canada I mean there's countries that could host it on a regular basis you know that have already the infrastructure there. Um, you know, the only problem I think that we have here in the United States is just how spread out everything is. 
But again, the mm -hmm. Southeast, uh, you know, Atlanta hosted the Olympics. So but no, are, but you know, we have one yeah. city that could host it. You know, but there were, like, and I remember there were events like when it was in Atlanta, there were events that took place completely outside of Atlanta. Right. Because there was nowhere for them. Sure. Well, they're taking I place mean, on college campuses yeah, and they're yeah, taking place yeah, on. Was, yeah. But yeah. we still have those facilities that many countries don't, yeah, yeah. you know, that are of that caliber. Now, the argument would be is there such a thing as home court advantage? You know, if one country is always hosting it, does that, those those athletes automatically get an advantage? You're cutting down on the travel time. I right. mean, it's, um, you well, know. Well, they have those facilities available to them year round. Right, exactly. Right? So they're yeah. very familiar with them. So I think, I mean, for the spirit of the games, not only the international aspect of it to yeah. see different parts of the world, but for the competitive aspect as well, you want, you know, I can see somebody saying, hey, that's a competitive disadvantage. You right. basically train here all your athletic career and then you're gonna you know but then you can use that it. same yeah but you can use the same argument in regards to the majority of the 11,000 athletes that are competing this cycle I think like two-thirds of them train in the United States or they, they go to school in the United States or well, that's they're, why we have they're the on collegiate or they're on, on their or their collegiate professionals here in the United States and they go back to their oh, home countries to represent. I mean, they, they come to IMG Academy. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's why and our then. that's why our um, Olympic training center is in Colorado Springs, because you're a mile up in the sky. Mm -hmm. And so if your cardiovascular health is at that standard, in, in, you know, a mile up, then right. whenever you compete somewhere else, it's easier. So, so yeah. imagine being there so, year round and then bringing yeah, it in. That's yeah. what they train, yeah. So real quick, let's touch on, you know, again, some of the political aspects. Um, you know, we saw really quickly um, that uh, the United States women's soccer team went up against Sweden, lost. Now, I think this was pre-Olympic game. This wasn't an Olympic game. Day of. It was the. Uh, oh, it was, it was one of the opening. It was one of the opening games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it okay. Was right. So they lost. So they lost three zero. Um, you know, and and and, and look. I mean, I by no means have ever been a professional athlete, but I played sports growing up. And one of the things you have to have is focus, right? When you are trying to be, you know, excel at your sport. To me, all this politics stuff that they've been preaching and being involved in and, and harping on about, you know, has been a distraction from their yep. primary responsibility, which is to play soccer. Yep. Yeah, and all you're there for. And we're seeing it, you know, not only with the women's soccer team, but we're seeing now also the men's basketball team is also performing poorly. Um, and so is this kind of, you know, you go woke, you go broke kind of, you know, uh, situation happening here? Or have we gotten too complacent in our kind of global status as, you know, uh, as a, a superpower, you know, a athletic country? Well, when, you know, when you think about the level of athleticism that an Olympiad has, I mean, these are the best of the best in the world. And I would imagine that the level of intensity in their training over the course of four years leading up to being on the Olympic team would be so intense that, yeah, I would think any politics, any, anything that's not somehow contributing positively to your runtime or to your speed or to your strength or to your uh, technique and your capability would, should be viewed as, you know, inappropriate. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like with the military. It's like the military has a sole focus to fight and win the nation's wars, and anything that's not that doesn't help you do that better is questionable. So if you're an Olympiad, I mean, your job is to do that thing and right. to do it at a level that's higher than most other people in the entire world. Anything that detracts from that 
I would think would be considered inappropriate. And those type of moves too, I mean, it brings down the morale of your, supposed to be your biggest base of supporters, right? Your nation. Sure. When you're doing that, you're dividing the country. You know, a lot of people are, are mad, justifiably so. I, I'm one of those to see, you know, people representing our country yeah. taking a knee and disrespecting our anthem. And so you have a situation, I'm sure you've seen on social media, where Americans are, are happy. Americans right. are I was going to say, I thought yeah. I saw that. I've, I thought I've never, I saw some you know, people we've never cheering, seen this. cheering yeah. that our soccer team, our women's soccer team, lost. It was very there weird. Were well, and, that were well, and while there have been yeah. political moments, right, there have been a number of political moments throughout Olympic history, um, the whole goal of the Olympics is to put politics aside yep. and to come together as one, as, yep. as a, a planet, essentially, as a globe, yep. a global community, you know, and, and compete. And, you know, and, and so I think, you know, it, I, I think it's great that the IOC has said that, you know, that's not going to be tolerated on the, on the medal podium. Um, oh, they have. And, they, they, uh, yeah. they said that they're banning that. Okay. And you know, and, and to that effect, I'm even surprised. I'm even surprised that they got away with the with the shirts or the jerseys that said Black Lives Matter. Well, that you know, that was at a, a a competition inside the United States to get out of the regionals to get to the Olympic team. Right. So that, that had a lot trials? more. It had a lot more autonomy when that it came was the to Olympic that. Trials, yeah. But in regards to, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I don't. No, I think I, in the I don't Sweden, have an issue. I think in that first match of the Sweden one, they had the BL. I thought that's shirts. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they did well. have them. Oh yeah, yeah. God. The women's yeah. soccer team. Yeah, the women's oh, soccer yeah. team did. Yes. Now again, like the basketball teams, obviously haven't been as politically vocal as they have been here in the United States. But you know, out here but, in France. I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, right. Exactly. What's going on? I think it's the second game they've lost. No, no, no. It's the first game that they lost, and it's also it was the fourth. They were at almost a ten-point lead at the fourth and then they just right. let it just go away they lost one of those preliminary ones too Correct. before the actual olympics started i forget which country it was when i say turkey but don't quote me on that but but officially they lost to france in the olympics um sad state of affairs for sure but on a positive note from largo florida across the pond as yes. you call yeah. it <laughs> uh, the first female gold medalist from the united states in taekwondo um, hails from largo florida oh, nice. which uh, is part of the district where i seek to represent and so we're very proud and very thrilled nice. over in Pinellas County um, for her success. So, so, awesome. th so there are some good highlights, and she she was waving her American flag like a good patriot athlete should be doing. The thing too about the Olympics, your point, Johnny, it brings people together, right? There's a global aspect. Right. But if there's one place to be actually a nationalist, you know, it's actually there. I mean, you're literally competing for a team that has a flag. It's for a right. country. You know, you're putting on the uniform, you know, to compete. And so these athletes, I mean. If they're going to be any kind of activist, it should be on the side of nationalism and national pride of where you come from to sure. make to have a showcase of your country and to make the folks back home proud. And they're not doing that right now, and it's it's, right. it's a shame. I've never seen anything like it before. I don't. I I do agree with everyone's position on the table. However, I do also agree that they have the right to make the protest if they want to. Now, if the Olympic Committee says that they're not allowed to and they don't allow that, then that's one thing. But in the United States, you should be allowed to protest in any position you want to. Now, what I feel, totally agree with is the consequences of them protesting in the middle of something that's supposed to be very national pride. And if you get up, yeah, you can protest, but don't expect national companies 
to go to you and start asking you to support, uh, to be a sp supporter or a spokesperson or anything else because people are not going to like the brands that come to you. And so I agree with full for full forwardness is that the capitalist the capitalist system says that if people don't like you because of what you're saying on the diocese, then you don't have to get it. And you can say whatever you want, but you should also face the consequences. And there's and there's a distinction there. It's one thing if you're playing for a private franchise, a private business, but you're literally putting on the the flag, the stars and stripes right. as your uniform. You're here yeah. to represent the country. And so I think there should be an exception there that, yeah, your freedom of expression should be limited because you should be there representing your country, your best foot forward. And well, I know you served, yeah, you yeah. served, I mean, you. Some of your rights of expression were restricted while you wore the uniform of our oh, great yeah. country. And oh, so yeah. that, that's kind of my point. You're literally there to represent the USA, France, yeah. or wherever you're from. Yeah. Well, one of the yeah, things you, that you, we you get can. a lot of flack for, you know, as, you know, Republicans or conservatives is that we'll say, well, it's not the time or the place, you know. But I mean, truly, I believe that the Olympics is not the time or the place to be protesting. Now, if you want to make an issue and use that platform, you know, a year round, you know, to become an activist and leverage, you know, your newfound fame as an Olympic athlete, you know, to bring to light certain issues, fine, go right ahead. I don't think it's a time or place. Just like, again, in a game, you know, like if it's Sunday at Raymond James Stadium, I don't think that it's the appropriate time to be uh, making a political stance. You know what I mean? Now, if you want to leverage your, again, your fame as an NFL player or as an NBA player or as a women's soccer player to bring to light, you know, whatever your political stance is, that's fine. I just don't think that, again, the arena, the stadium, right. you know, is the place for that, especially in the Olympics. Absolutely. Well, it seems, it seems a little disingenuous. If you accept, if you compete for and accept the role of Olympiad for the United to represent the United States of America, right. then if you don't believe in your country or if you don't think your country is a good place or something, then it's kind of disingenuous to say, but I'm going to represent my country and then I'm going to bash it publicly. Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, like, pick a, pick a side. Sure. I mean, if, right. if you hate the country, okay, don't represent well, the country. Well, either your government, either you know? your, either your country's oppressing you. Right. Yeah. Or, or right. it's elevating you. Yeah. And, and that's why you're from somebody you're, 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 yeah. yeah. You're standing on the podium <laughs> as an Olympiad. Yeah. Well, so, then, don't get me I wrong. Mean, like, you got Cuban athletes, right? And Venezuelan athletes right. are going to go out there and they're going to put their best face forward and they're not going to make the kind of political statements and that they're going to make. And if they lose, their family gets tortured. I mean, that <laughs> I mean, like, this is not, this is not, it, this is not the, this is not the former Iraqi Olympic team under Saddam where, like, if you right. lost, it was like Uday and Kuzma. Oh, they'd like cut your fi <laughs> yeah, fingers like, off. It was like people were like, no, I'm good. I don't need to be on it. No, I'm good. Like people are right. like intentionally running slower. Bomb so they, the trials. They don't, they, so, so they don't make the Olympic right. team. Like nobody wants to make the Olympic team. You know? It puts your family at risk. You right. Know? Like, so yeah. we'll see. I no, mean, again, I don't I, agree. I don't, again, I understand where everyone's coming from, but we should not be limiting people's individual rights to be able to protest and be able to say what they want to say. Yeah, but, I agree, the, but the IOC I agree also, with, I agree yeah, but the IOC also has every saying, right to, to say that this is not the time If an individual place. on the NFL wants to protest, then if the NFL doesn't have an issue with them and doesn't sanction them and doesn't say they can't do it, then they're allowed to do it. I don't no, agree with don't it. Have a I don't right. want, yes, you but do. No, you no, have no, a right. No, no, hold on a second. You don't have a right to compete in, at a, for a, a title within an organization. There is you don't, nothing, you don't own the IOC. There's, there's nothing within inside those those governing bodies that say you can't protest. 
especially when you're here in the United States. Well, like now, what happens in you what happens in, yeah, what happens in Japan is a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, but the IOC here, saying the IOC saying that if you so make any kind of a political and, statement, and you're in another country, so well, you have to abide those countries and those policies. But when you're here, but we're talking about the NFL because they've already been warned. Here. But even when it is the NFL, you would agree there is such a thing as workplace conduct, right? You can't just go and work and do yeah, whatever yeah. just because you have rights in America. Oh, no, I your employer can say, hey, don't do that agree, on But the NFL is not going to do it. Do that. The NFL is not going to do it. Now you're missing something. The NFL, the the players in major league sports in the United States also don't have a right to protest. The only reason why they are protesting is because they're being allowed to protest by their employer. Yes. Their employer is name your team. That's not their right. That's what I just said. That's what I just said. I said and every one of those teams can say employers are allowing them to do that. Okay. Okay. They're right. They're being allowed because they don't have a right to do it. And my so, argument you know, and a lot of other conservatives will say that that should not take place in and in, in, now this and is either, you know, this NFL, is actually a good point. Republicans, courts, Republicans should not be on the side on the of censoring or individuals on, or on the national stage when you wear our flag. I mean, you literally have some of these activist athletes are saying that the anthem doesn't represent me, right. you know, yeah, yeah. but yet you want to represent the country. The, the country. You accepted your bid to compete. No one said that their thought and their train of line of thinking makes sense. It doesn't but, make but, any but sense at all. A, You're getting name. paid to be a, to represent the yeah. United States, the country that you hate. But at the end of the day, we have both sides of the spectrum. But here's an you can point. say that you hate the country and burn the flag and not go to prison because of it. Do it on your own but, time, right. not yes. competing but under old here, glory. Here's an important right. point. Here's an important point, it. though. If 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 Bernie was to get elected and then try to pass a law that says that athletes can't protest, then then that would be unconstitutional because he he would be acting as an agent of the state. Okay, so are, people forget your rights are protecting you against government. It's not protecting you against your employer because you agreed to be employed. So uh, every athlete that's out there that's employed by a, a baseball team, a football team, name your team, they've agreed to those circumstances. It's not the government telling them what to do. It's a private organization, and in this case, it's the Olympics. Yeah. So. All right. So on Bernie that note, Bernie don't get any bright ideas. But I know Bernie's not, I know Bernie wouldn't do that. I know Bernie wouldn't do that. But we that know, would be an example. We know where Bernie lives. Where, it's fine. Yeah, that would be an example. Where, yeah. Wow, this went mob real quick. <laughs> well, and, and I guess I should have gone quicker to you know the whole what are uh, censorship what are the, aspect of it. Are people uh, people are being mean on the comment section. They're saying that uh, I missed my calling as a sumo wrestler. I apologize for that. Ouch, uh, Fred. We'll have that conversation later, sir. Um, uh, so I think you and Fred should have a sumo match. And, <laughs> oh, that would be that would bring in some revenue. <laughs> we'll uh, stream it, Mr. Know. Hector Gonzalez was talking about how Brazil didn't just botch the Olympics, but he also botched the World Cup a few years after that, and they were building stadiums in the middle of the Amazon only for the jungle to reclaim it. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, we have others talking about how Is the everybody everybody oh, cares. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that definitely. Everybody happened. cares about the environment and cares about carbon yeah. credits and all this and, and the Amazon oh, yeah. of all things until the Olympics come around and then you know yeah. that yeah. all goes. Out and the they're window. just letting those stadiums just go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you, well, that's there's a whole their website. There's a whole documentary. There's a whole their websites dedicated to these Olympic facilities that have just been abandoned because there's no use for them after the Olympics. Didn't China do that? Didn't, didn't, oh, yeah. When, when the, the Olympics were in China, wasn't that one of the big ones where they built just like massively, I mean, it was right. Like crazy, right? I believe, was, they built I believe it was 80% of all uh, Olympic stadiums or arenas in, Gre in Athens 
were no longer used. And they, you can go online and look them up as they decay. The baseball fields, the, right. the inside cycling, all these things just have been falling apart. So because no facilities, one I mean. They also don't have the infrastructure here. Like if you, you the plot, they don't have the they don't funds have the funds. To they don't have the collegiate sports. Yeah. They don't have a lot of things that would right. allow people to be using those facilities. Even large capital cities like Brazil and uh, uh, Rio and, and Beijing don't have the infrastructure, like the collegiate infrastructure to keep those things running throughout the yeah. years. Right. So, all right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on to our next topic. But before Wait, we do can that. Can I say one more thing? No. As of right now, I'm going to say it. As of right now, Japan leads the, the medal count with eight gold. Uh, they have it very weird it's how the they have it set. court advantage. But every, every country yeah, has it. But imagine if it was there every four years. <laughs> That's my thing. So Japan has eight gold, two silver, three bronze at 13. I don't know why they're first, but it's because they have more golds. Uh, under them is the United States with 14 medals and seven, and seven gold. And then China has 18 medals and six gold. So we'll see how that you turns will out. Know, you will know when the United States is in decline, when at the Summer Olympics, we're not leading in the medal count. It's still early, though. It's early. No, all, the ones, all the ones we're good at no, are no, later no. on. Oh, no, but, no. I'm, yeah. I'm saying when it's all said and done, when that you know, if the United right. States doesn't win the medal count. Oh, right, right, right. Not the winner at the summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We, we, know we, can the, we can win. We can win. Winners can a little toss up. Winners, <laughs> Canadians and Swedes and all those and Russians. Right. Kind of like the World Cup. The Canadians know? get to do one thing good every four years. They are allowed to win in the World Cup a little bit. The but, only thing I know about Olymp about the Winter Olympics is curling. That's what I know. Oh, I love it. Curling. I love it. Okay, now you can move forward, Johnny. Thank all you right. so much. Well, uh, you know, speaking again, we'll stay on the uh, kind of global topics as we go into our next uh, topic. Uh, while it is certainly affecting us here at home nationally, uh, we are dealing with the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Um, and, you know, and it's interesting because, again, I think people are, to a certain extent, just burned out on all the coronavirus news and all the COVID news. Um, of course, they continue to... Um, you know, and I and I don't want to say it, that that they're they're exaggerating, right? But they again, the news the news networks have to keep you watching, yeah. you know. And so, it, it, to an extent, it makes me think that they are uh, trying to make this maybe more sensationalized. They're trying to sensationalize this Delta variant maybe more than is necessary. Um, but you know, apparently numbers are going up. You know, the the some of these vaccines don't work to address it, and then what we're seeing in Europe is where they're requiring quote unquote vaccine passports even to go like to a bar to go to a cafe. We're seeing France riots in them, yeah. right. We're seeing riots yeah. in Paris, uh, in France, uh, and we're you know, and even in some other countries, you know, we're seeing uh, protests break out um, because. They've been under lockdown, you know, and, and famously, you know, in Canada, even, you know, they were put under another lockdown, a third lockdown. I think it was in Quebec and they weren't even given a timeline. They weren't given benchmarks. They weren't given. They were just said, hey, we're going to go under lockdown and like it or not, right, you know, right. you need to stay in your house. And if not, we're actually going to send the police to get you and yeah. throw you in jail. Well, it's not uncommon, you know, with a virus for a virus to mutate, right? So it's, yeah. it's run through the population worldwide and either you've been infected by it and survived, most likely 99 point whatever percent, or you were infected and you, and you died from it, or um, you're vaccinated. Um, so really there's a, you know, the amount of people left to, to get infected is dwindling. But what's kind of concerning to me is um, 
I was reading this article where apparently out in Los Angeles, um, in this one particular area, 20% of the COVID hospitals, or 20% of the COVID positive tests were in fully vaccinated people. And 20%. Yeah. That's crazy. And apparently the month prior it was 11%, the month prior it was 5%. Although at least, so at so least according to Governor DeSantis though, here in Florida, they were saying that I think, um, you know the the percentage of the of COVID cases and Delta variant cases were in the single digits in, in regards to those who have been vaccinated, whereas the majority of them, I think ninety five percent of them, were people who hadn't been yes, vaccinated. Yes, of course. Oh, naturally, and maybe yeah. that's Florida. I'm just reading, and I could have been reading like the worst case news ever, but right. it was out of Los Angeles, California, right, right, right. and they were saying that this one particular hospital had no COVID patients for a while, and now all of a sudden they've converted. Um, something like 30-something um, uh, uh, rooms into ICU negative pressure rooms so that they could deal with COVID-infected uh, people. So um, there's, there's apparently some surge going on, but it's just crazy to me to, to read that 20% of the COVID infections are people that were already vaccinated, fully vaccinated. I mean, well, I mean, and that's if, the if thing. That, I mean, if that it's... keeps up. If that keeps up, people are going to start throwing their hands up and saying, "Guys, what are we doing here?" Like, well, it, again, and it's they're they're going to constantly be chasing this. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of like again, I know that people hate so. it when you compare it to the flu, but there's new strains out there, yeah. and there's multiple strains out there, and I think we're going to get to that point, you know, because this vaccine was meant to treat the strain that was you know spreading globally. Well, now this Delta variant again. That there was not these vaccines were not designed to deal with this Delta variant. Some of them are working against it. Some of them are not. Um, but again, like to what level do you stop keeping the world in panic mode and do you keep things shut down and locked down? Um, you know, um, before you accept that, hey, maybe this is just something we're going to be dealing with. You know, for the next 10, 20 years, maybe indefinitely. Um, and but that's what and, they want. They the media wants us to continue conti this continual cycle of allowing them to come up with something new and and come up with some real f like fun phrase to scare people as long as they can make yeah, money exactly as as right. and money, so you're having the media making money and you have the politicians being able to have even more and more power and how they're able to control people i mean right now i feel like we're dealing with a newly minted hall monitor from like middle school and now you're really seeing like the ridiculousness of power going to people's heads because you have Dr. Fauci like arguing with senators on on open committees talking about how you guys aren't telling the truth and now everyone's saying that everyone's lying. And the the worst part of this is is that the more they try to control the narrative, the more people don't want to take the virus because yep. they're like, if take I take the vaccine, take the vaccine. So if I if I get the vaccine. And I'm and I don't have to wear a mask. But now you're saying I have to wear a mask, even if even if I got the shot. Right. Then what's the point? There is no point. Yeah. Right. No. And there was yeah. a doctor that came out and said that if you haven't been even if you haven't been vaccinated, then you shouldn't be going out to bars. You shouldn't be going out to cafes. You shouldn't be going out to the supermarket. Basically saying you should stay indoors and stay home. You know. And and it's like at what point does yeah. the fear mongering stop as well? DeSantis made that point. You know, early on when a lot of these liberals uh officials were saying basically yeah you still have to wear a mask even if you're after after you've been vaccinated and he was like 
you're, you're literally being the anti-vaxxer. You're the anti-vaxxer, mm -hmm. you know, because you're telling us this works, but you're saying, you know, but still wear your mask. And that, that was the time when they were saying double up as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Fauci himself doubled yeah. up mask coming to a congressional hearing. It was and so yeah. stupid. When he was probably yeah. one of the first ones to get the vaccine, why are you doubled yeah. up with what, what happened to doubling up masks? Because I remember it was double, and then on the news, they were like, and then triple is like 90-something. I'm like, what is... If you walk around D.C., people, people are still double and triple it's it's you'll see it out there. Well, and I didn't realize I actually talked to someone from Virginia um, last week, and they were saying that they're still like at fifty percent capacity in restaurants and and certain businesses. You know, it just it seems like we're almost now at this place where we're like in an alternate universe. We are. And and when I see when I go to places like Orlando, where you see people from other countries and other cities, and you see that they're still like very on edge and wearing their masks, and and you know it's like. It, it gets really kind of weird, you know, because again, you're like, well, what universe are you living in that you're still in so much fear of this? You know, now I get it. if you're traveling internationally, there's a risk, you know, that you may not get to go home. Right. Because if you do happen to get sick, they could say, well, hey, you know, you, you got to quarantine. Um, and, and so I get it for the inter especially for the international travelers. But this but. whole issue of the vaccine passports is, you know, definitely coming to our shores as well. I think I just saw today San Francisco, an alliance of bars, stated that they're going to uh, push to show proof of vaccination before you come into the bars over yeah. San Francisco. Well, I mean, if the $15 well drinks didn't stop you before that from going to San Francisco bars, it's very expensive out there. Um, well. Somewhere there will be a bar owner <laughs> in the middle of that group. There will be a bar owner that will take advantage of that, you know. And, and well, and it was already. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw the situation where there was, you know, there there were store owners, you know, who didn't care and they wanted to open and, you know, and they were told, hey, like you can't do that, you know, and they were basically forced to close their businesses, you know, because uh, they they. You know, they weren't mandating either certain capacity requirements or weren't mandating masks. And so it, it's one of these things that uh, it's just what I don't understand is how other states can see what's happening here in Florida and not realize, hey, right. let's try what they're doing. Right, right. You know, I, I, mean, I think it's because we're outside. I, I, I really believe that because of so much of But we're in the Florida, summer. Like, is yeah. there anywhere in the, in, the, in the United States right now where you can't be outside? I mean, you know, no. I mean, it's... it's, I, it's I guess not. I guess there's not. But I think that Florida... But, okay, a lot of our activities are already outdoors. Right. Okay. But um, while other states were still telling people to stay indoors, Florida was saying, no, go, you know, go outdoors. And they tried to shame us. They tried to shame us about our beaches and stuff sure. like that. And now they're finally admitting that there have not been any confirmed cases of, of public transmission of the virus outdoors. They, they, can't, they can't seem to find it. Well, there's no, so, yeah, they haven't been able to trace it. Right. You so, know, and so, so it's funny because, right, they were, they were obviously demonizing, you know, they were saying, oh, well, you can't get it if you're protesting, remember? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You couldn't yeah, get right. it if you're protesting, yeah. um, but you could get it if you were, like, outdoor, and see, like, at a church and, or and see, if you were... What, that's what I think the biggest problem is, is that People want to shame those that, that are not getting vaccinated or are critical of Fauci and whatnot. But really, is it, is it really just the common Americans issue or is it the fact that the government and the media and the politicians, they really created this situation where, where people don't trust the government, don't trust the medical community anymore. They created the situation because of things like 
Walmart could stay open, but your small mom and pop store has, to, store has to shut down. Right. You can protest in public, but, but you can't go to a public beach. Right. I mean, it was all of this hypocrisy where the common man looks around and says, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. So since you're not making any sense, the only thing they can do, you know, the, well, not they, only they that. just shut you down and say, well, then forget it. And well, not only that, let's bring it back to the vaccine where, remember, liberals and the media were trying to create doubt about the vaccine they were, it was because it was Trump coming out under the Trump administration. Well, they flat out said, yeah. Kamala Harris, the vice president, flat out said, I'm not taking the vaccine if it's Trump. Right. With no scientific reasoning for it other than politics. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that till this day I think is a large part of the reason but now all of a it's why okay. Right, exactly. I mean I think they exactly. lost all credibility there, you know, because if they had been consistent on message until this point and look, it's kudos to you know, to Ron DeSantis who again is going out there and saying, Hey, if you want to get vaccinated, you should get vaccinated, you know, the vaccines are available, go out there. He's encouraging people to do it. But it's still he's still allowing for people to make that decision. Yeah. He's not forcing it upon businesses, and he's not forcing it upon the people here in Florida to to go ahead and get that done. Yeah, you had a lot of blue state governors and mayors that's really injecting their own politics, their own political view right. to their COVID response and shutting down. They already have a tendency, or they're big government people, so. I mean, they're, they're like a kid in the candy shop when, when a crisis like this happens because they can exercise government power. I mean, they've been right. waiting for this for quite some time. And so you saw them really use that, not only in, in shutting down small businesses and affecting people's liberty. Well, they changed all the election rules. Election laws, that's what yeah. I was getting at. Yeah, they literally yeah. changed election laws unconstitutionally using COVID as a basis. And so, I mean, this, this is very serious stuff. And it seems like the more and more we talk about this Delta variant, it's not like we're going to be in the same position yeah. as we were in 2020, especially heading into a new election cycle in 2022. It's going to be very pivotal. The American people are on edge. A lot of people uh, have had enough and they're fed up and they see government taking advantage of them um, using a, a, a pandemic as a reason. And I, I think we're going to see it unfold again. And they're, they're laying the foundations for that with this constant news of the Delta variant. What's I don't know. Going on I, really don't, I really don't think it's going to happen that way. I think there are too many pockets of this country that are sheep, a complete sheep. Country, parts of the country that you would assume would have risen up during the first layer of mass mandates, during the first layer of lockdowns, that they were perfectly okay with allowing the government to take complete control of what was going on. Here in Florida, in Wyoming, in, in Montana, some other states were, okay, we'll give you the first four weeks, we'll give you five weeks, we'll give you six weeks, and then people started protesting. You have entire islands yeah. in New York that didn't do anything. 14 days turned into 14 months. We're 18 months and in And that's now. why I, right. I agree with Bernie. I agree with Joe. I agree with Johnny. But I don't think, I think a, a lot of people in this country are perfectly content allowing the government to dictate the winners and losers, which is what happened. When you allow Walmart and other big box stores to open up and you're like, okay, no, they're going to they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna follow CDC guidelines. And you walk in there trying to get water and there's about a thousand people in Walmart with no one separating. And this is the beginning of the pandemic. Right. You're like, there's no way this and can remember be And remember the, the excuse was, well, they sell food and people need food. Yeah. So bar owners are like, here's some peanuts. Sit down, have a drink. <laughs> right. We're selling food now. Yeah. I mean, if that's the standard, you know. Yeah, a lot and, of bars started and, making food. And, they and started so, selling yeah, and food. so then the government, yeah, so now you have this game of whack a mole. Like, well, if you had nightclubs. You had nightclubs yeah. basically well, putting out put, dinner menus. Yeah. I mean, Food, call, calling up food trucks, whatever I got a, you gotta do. I, I got a lot, there were, there were some pretty interesting food trucks in Ybor City and in South Tampa during the pandemic right. because they needed to stay open But somehow. the point being is that 
human, that's what you see there is a ex perfect example of human nature. If you give me something that's illogical from the government, then I'm just going to operate according to my own common sense. Right. And I'm going to say, oh, okay, well, if that's the rule, then we'll figure out a way to maintain the rule. Because at the end of the day, small business owners have to survive. Yeah. They don't have a p government paycheck. They have to survive, so they're going to do what they got to do. What's going on in Pinellas, uh, Bernie, as far as, as, far as <laughs> well, this one, goes? Well, one quick thing, yeah. So part of my platform is when I talk about economic development, I said we can no longer ever have a situation where we're having this unconstitutional business shutdowns. Right. Uh, the mom and pop stores, like you said, the big box stores, the Bezos of the world can, can strike it rich, uh, but John Q. Public down the street, Largo, you know, can't run its hardware store. I mean, that is a scandal. And I, and I say it a lot on the, on the campaign trail that, you know, if, if, if this is the way, if it's a way that you make money to feed you and your family to put a roof over your head, your job is essential. It's essential. Right. You know, no more segregating about, oh, these people are essential and you're not. Yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest uh, tragedies yeah. of all this COVID yeah. um, lockdowns. And, and we can never go back to that again yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in a country that, that is founded upon liberty. Yeah, I mean, you're going to tell me the kid, you know, making burgers at McDonald's is more essential than the guy, you know, who has his own restaurant, you know, and is providing for multiple families, you know, I right. mean, because that's exactly what happened. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. McDonald's was big allowed chain, to, you big know. Big chains could right. stay open. Well, because they have the lobbying time. dollars, right? Yeah, you know, right. who's going to tell, you know, even if, if, even if you have like these larger franchisees like a Casper's and that sort of thing, you know, at a regional level, I mean, you know, who's going to tell them that, that they have to shut down? You know, um, you know when you know. I mean, when you are running for office, you know these are the guys that you go to. You know to get some of these larger donations. You know nobody's going to come around and say, "Oh, hey, by the way, you know those fifteen McDonald's you own. Yeah, we're going to have to shut those down for a while." Yeah. Um, you know, but meanwhile, the mom and pop restaurants absolutely had to shut down and if they didn't you know then that's when the police was sent on them to to make sure that they shut it, down it really exposed the prevalence and the power that the special interest has in our process Correct. right and so obviously they were basically immune from this yeah, pandemic yeah. but yeah. if you're just a regular joe and jane you know you didn't have that kind of influence you you, you can't hire somebody to walk the halls in tallahassee yeah. you know but i, I remember that the church debate uh, there were people that you know, you would say, well, why are we shutting down churches? We're not shutting down Walmart. People are touching things in Walmart. I would go in there and you know, go into a grocery store. People are touching things, putting things back. The stores really weren't doing that much no, um, no. infection control. They really were not. But you were shamed um, for going to but, church. <laughs> but you were shamed for going to church. And the excuse yeah. was, well, you can watch church online. It's like, okay, well, hold on. Let's break out some of the Democrats' favorite uh, arguments then. Maybe you don't have internet access. Maybe they don't have a car. Maybe they right. don't even have an identification. Maybe they can't get to a church. You know. Sure. I mean, but the other. And thing, which one of those two is a violation of your a, First a, Amendment? A, exactly, because you have a right to, to yeah. religion. But also, um, well, nowadays with the internet, you can purchase basically every, all of your food online. So if the argument was, well, you can go to church online, but we need to have Walmart. No, you don't. You can buy everything at that store and have it delivered. What was what was equally frightening was also at the rate at which our local law enforcement were quick to to uh, incarcerate or to arrest uh, yeah. business owners who yeah. had uh, illegally done nothing wrong. Yeah, you know because we, again there was uh, all the all these business shutdowns as Bernie just said were unconstitutional. 
um, and 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 we know of a specific case in Pinellas yeah. that made national news, where the guy was basically just trying to sell games, you know, and board games yeah. and stuff like that, and he had nobody coming into his store. He, he was, was doing it out. He was, he was literally doing it out, yeah, outside yeah. of yeah. his store, curbside pickup, right? And yeah, they literally arrested the guy. Pickup. And he, um, but he, and 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 really, that was because he was just. Um, he just wasn't being obedient, right? right? He was letting the cops and the politicians know how he felt, and mm-hmm. so they were like, "All right, we're coming for you," yeah. and they did. They right. tried to make an example out of him. Do we even a, know what happened? And with that, that guy? I did, think I think didn't all that get didn't all that get dropped? And then, and then just like they were with Pastor and Rodney. I think the and, governor yeah. wrote, like issued a thing where it was uh, expunged from his record. I think these are cases again. We have not seen something like this in generations where the government has gone so far and done so much to um to 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 be to be such a burden on the individual business owner and the individual citizen that i'm glad that that the governor of florida is actually talking about now let's figure out laws that we need to write to make sure that this doesn't happen again in regards to the government taking such advantage of a situation and passing all these draconian laws or changing voter rights. Like, that was absolutely insane. Yeah. Again, we are a nation of, of over 300 million people. We have elections. Those elections have to happen. We're not going to move an election. That's yeah. not how democracy works. If you can have an election in the middle of, of Iraq, then you can have an election in the middle of a pandemic. That's right. At the end of the day, it can happen that way. All but, right. Well, well Joe was uh, it, it, very skillfully, actually, was um, uh, trying to get us onto our next topic and then we still kind of pulled back away from it so let's kind of go ahead and circle back uh but before we do that uh, again i just want to thank you everybody for watching the yard sign the most important relevant podcast in politics your host is always johnny torres joining me today joe wicker bernie shock and enabled david cabrera uh we have uh, been talking about the olympics and of course uh, coronavirus covid delta variant whatever you want to call it today uh so uh, we are going to start to kind of bring it a little bit more local uh even though there have been many national aspects uh, to this next topic in the sense that I mean we are far from election day and yet congressional district 13 here in Florida has managed to make a lot of noise um, in that race already uh, we have Anna Paulina Luna who uh, ran last time um, we had uh, a candidate in there by the name of Will and Braddock um, who did you know make a uh, phone call with violent threats, you know, to terminate the life of Anna Paulina Luna, um, and and of course that made national headlines. Um, and then Anna, I think, uh, incorrectly uh, may have overreached in her, you know, um, implicated everybody else they could potentially exactly be a, could, be, could Thre- potentially be a competitor. <laughs> exactly. So she threw in other names, uh, you know, Matt Tito. And last but not least, Amanda Mackey, who, as of, I believe, uh, this just a few days ago, um, has announced that she is also going to be jumping back into this race. And and so this continues to be a huge race to watch. I'm sure Democrats are loving it because nobody's paying attention to the Democrats right now. And it's giving them the leeway to fundraise, um, even though that's going to be an ugly battle as well. I mean, there's a lot of high-profile Democrats running in that race, and that race is going to be ugly. Um, but... It's certainly making a case for how they could be the stewards of that congressional district. And look at this chaos that Republicans are creating. Look at all the craziness that they're bringing to the table, right? Um, You know, I mean, 
when it comes to especially Congress, right, you want to be the adult in the room. You know, you want to send somebody who up there who's going to responsibly represent the district. Um, and right now, you know, it just seems like it, 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 it's just chaos. It's, it's like is a circus that, is that, is that on the Republican today? side. Is that true in today's world, though? I would say, I mean, again, you, do you want a fighter? Do you want, you know, somebody who's going to go up there and add, fight for your values, fight for your district? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, but uh, again, I mean, you have to look at this and be like, do you still want one of these people who are... And Johnny, I'll push back on that yeah. a little bit. I mean, as a Pinellas County resident, resident of CD13, there are adults. There are adults in the race. And it, just because there is chaos doesn't mean the whole thing is flawed and that these people cannot represent the congressional district. People will say there was a lot of chaos in the 2016 primaries uh, for president, right? Yeah. With, with, with Donald Trump, and he ended up winning president, mm -hmm. and he did a heck of a good job, right? And so we can't, you know, just dismiss, you know, campaigns. Things happen in a campaign, and just can't dismiss all sorts of candidates wholesale um, based on perceptions. The fact of the matter is, you know, when Luna first made this accusation, mm -hmm. when it first broke. A lot of people were saying, oh, this is crazy. Right. This is wild. It was hard to believe. It was very hard to yeah. believe. It but, was. But she was vindicated. But she was right. The audio yeah. was, was right. the spot. Partially, but yes. She had this and, and, Oh, partially. She had well, this partially vindicated in the sense that she threw Matt Tito and Amanda Mackey under the bus as well in that same in that same affidavit that she submitted to the police. What you I'm know, but again, so far, there has been nothing to prove that right. they were in any case, uh, in any way, related to right. what William Braddock uh, had done and the threat that he'd made. Right. But go ahead, Bernie. Sorry. And she didn't, and she didn't issue an a injunction against those two. Correct. What I will say is, you know, there is, a, my understanding, an open case, right? And, right. And, and, and as an attorney, former state prosecutor, you know, evidence comes out in the court of law. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people need to not rush to judgment and, and just kind of let the process play out and see, and see what's what once it does. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's too premature to start just trashing um, any any candidate, really, just based on certain circumstances. Certain circumstances. I mean, literally, look, some guy was on a audio threatening her life. No, no, look, and she, she had every over. right. No, and <laughs> right? she did the right thing. And she so, she absolutely did the right thing in in making sure that hey, like calling the guy out, and then obviously the recording came out later, and you know trying to resolve that issue. What what the problem is is that I, that I see now is, for example. She has now said that, um, again, famous Politico uh, raconteur, rabble rouser, you know, uh, Roger Stone uh, was conspiring to poison her. Let me you know, and Let me interject. So that, I've seen that from one source, right. from one news source. I've never heard an actual quote even attributed to Luna saying yeah. that. It, it, it's basically like unnamed sources said she said this. And, oh, okay. and therefore, so we here's the article, and, mm -hmm. and there was no, you know, you know, but there's no actual statement that anybody can actually yeah. pen to her um, regarding that. And so I think um, in, a, in a campaign, we need to be very um, shrewd in our scrutiny as far as what allegations are being made and, and by whom. So I, I don't know. I mean, look. It's just to me that these, again, are a lot of, and again, Brad, the the issue with Braddock very legitimate, okay, you know. But then we have a, a continuation of these types of things that I think are a distraction from us, you know, 
uh, or the community basically taking a look at the candidates and finding out who is going to be the best among them. You know, now, you know because you know now we saw what happened um, at the Student Action Summit. You know, here in Tampa. You know, where Anna Paulina, very connected to this organization, uh, she was a correspondent for some digital online outlet, um, and she got one of her opponents thrown out of the event. You know, and so again, you know, it, was that necessary? You know, it's, uh, Matt Tito got Matt thrown Tito out. Got thrown out. Um, and, and that's been corroborated, you know, and, and has been, you know, by the, by the organizers of the event that they did throw him out of the event be, at her request. You know, and so again, my, my concern is, is that, you know, we have a lot of this bickering. We have a lot of this fighting that has nothing to do with the congressional district or any of the key policy issues um, that are going to make voters say, well, I mean, are we really going to, you know, vote for, for one of these guys who are just wrapped up in all this craziness? Or, you know, are we going to go on and look on the other side and see what options we have? I think what's going to occur, again, that we are in a slow news cycle when it comes to what's happening politically. Yeah. And people are going to continue to jump into that race. Um, I think what Anna Polina did was correct in regards to making sure that phone call was released. Do I know what's going on with the additional accusations that were put in there? No. Again, we need to allow the process to go through to see what is going on. I don't think she would have done it without something, but at the same time, it might have been a misunderstanding. So I want, to, I want the court case to go through the whole process so then we could see all the evidence because technically we only saw something that was already leaked to the public right so we don't we haven't seen everything in regards to what's happening and we've had um to be completely in disclosure we've had Annapolis and Luna on the show before and we've had and we've had Amanda Mackey we haven't had um Matt Tito and we've had long conversations with both of those ladies and we've they're both very smart, intelligent individuals that will represent that, that district to their fullest ability. And once I have a conversation with Matito, I will be able to say the same thing because I've never really talked to him. And, but you need to allow the process to go through. We are very much in the early stages of the, elect, the election process and the people will make that decision no matter what. At the end of the day, the media is having a spectacle on this. Right. The, the internet is having a spectacle on the, the social media is having a spectacle. And I honestly don't even think this is the last of people jumping into this race. I don't know if Matt Tito is gonna jump into it now because of the controversy. And I know that Matito and Amanda Mackey are friends, so I don't know if a conversation's already had there. Yeah. But I think the more the merrier. The more people jump into races, the more people can have a choice and have voices heard. Yeah. Hello. No, look, I mean, again, you know, I think with any of the three, I think, you know, we, we'd have a viable candidate that can win that district, right? My, I'm not knocking them individually on their candidacy. Yeah, that was you my know, point. Yeah. Just don't, we shouldn't do a disservice to the candidates as individuals based on drama that's circulating in a race. At the end right. of the day, um, very, very likely one of these people will be our nominee. Mm -hmm. and, and what I caution a lot of people um, who work in politics, the activists, and people who have their own candidates is that to not lose sight of the fact that in November this is going to be a key pickup for us. And whoever the nominee is, we need to get behind them. And, and look, quite frankly, when Luna was our nominee, I, I like what she had to offer. Let's not underestimate and play down what she accomplished. Correct. You know, mm -hmm. in, a, in, a very, in a district that was redrawn by the courts, by the activist judges, they redrew it to make it more Democrat. 
And you have Charlie Chris, a former governor who grew up, a son of that district, who's very popular. Mm -hmm. I, I don't get it, but I've run into Republicans who are like, hey, I've, I've known Charlie since St. Pete High. I, I'm right. going to vote for him, right? Sure. So this is the kind of guy she was up against right. and was only six points you know, behind you know, in, that, in that kind of a, a, a battle. The prior nominee who Charlie Chris ran against, a guy I do have respect for, I like George, I like George Buck, but he, he lost by 15 points. Right. And so there was a significant improvement and, and oh yeah, like I said, she's absolutely viable, as I think Amanda was. Amanda raised a lot of money. She did. You know, a lot of uh, it, right? Exactly. I mean, I think you know, and and um, and I mean, again, if Matt were to jump in the race, I think it's going to be a really thin margin, you know. But it's going to be a tight three-way race to the end, you know, between them, um, because they all they all have something very different to offer. You know, they're um, none of them really kind of cancel each other out. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely the race to watch, and honestly, it is a winnable race for us on the Republican side, contrary to CD14, for those of you watching, <laughs> where nobody can win, uh, but yet somehow we still manage to throw and burn money at that district. Um, Not to go fully down the rabbit hole, which I love, I know that you want to get there when it comes to CD14, <laughs> but I will say this, I don't think, if, if Matt... Tito does jump in, I don't think he'll be the last one to jump in of legitimacy in regards to the politics of that district. I'm, I'm hearing conversations of some other people getting yeah. I think it'll be more than three people. Now look, what I love is that, yes, I mean, we're all getting a little older. I mean, you know, I feel like I see more gray in my beard every time I get it trimmed. But... I don't know what you're talking about. I have <laughs> but, no idea what you're but talking about. But I mean, about. these are relatively young candidates, which is exciting, you know, because Absolutely. again, we typically yes. don't see that, right? You know, and, and, and I, I think there is a trend of that as well happening nationally where we are seeing younger candidates um you're seeing the millennials taking their seat at the table and you're seeing right. a lot of people asserting um, themselves to, to positions of leadership and certainly yeah. cd13 mm -hmm. um is, is no exception to that for sure and and they're republicans they're not democrats right. they're republican right. young republicans that are running these races and that are getting involved in the political cycle they're social and, media savvy yes. they know how to relate to their mm -hmm. peers i mean uh, look, I mean, these are people who will have a lot to contribute going on um, in the years going ahead because I do think they have a, a outlook that some of the older generation may not have. And, and right now we're right at the cutting edge of people really uh, taking hold. And we're seeing so many great national stars, you know, mm -hmm. in, right. in the congressional ranks. Um, you know, Madison Cawthorn out of, out of North uh, Carolina, uh, Kate Kamek um, from um, uh, Northeast Florida, the Gainesville area. Um, youngest female in Congress here from Florida. I mean, so you're seeing a lot of great people um, bringing in a different perspective. I think it's very healthy to the process. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, because I watch pretty closely what's happening on both sides of the aisle, and I don't see that level of excitement or future, you know, on the left. You know, I mean, yeah, you have your AOC and you have, you know, you have a few people that kind of trend on the younger side, but I don't see, I mean, you don't see those kind of events, like, you know, you don't see the kind of turnout we see, like at the Student Action Summit, which was packed, you know, here in Tampa, right. you know, two weekends ago, or you see the turnout that you get at CPAC, whether it's here in Florida or Texas. I mean, to me, it just seems like, again, this is just maybe, and maybe it's kind of a, like, Carter-era, pre-Reagan-esque, you know, Know, kind of uh, new era, uh, new generation of conservatism that that's coming up, you know, through the ranks. And um, but I don't see that, right? You don't see that kind of national 
um, upswell, you know, of influencers and right. and, and young people that are kind of taking the lead on uh, politically. Absolutely. No, because the, the Democrats are relying on old media. They're relying on old institutions to push their positions, to right. push their agendas. Whereas now they do have Hollywood yeah. and they have pop culture. But even then, it's starting to uh, it's, there's starting to be a decoupling of decentralization when it comes to right. Hollywood. When it's coming to even the tech sector, that stuff is moving across the country, which will do nothing but benefit the Republicans on that end. I think you're going to continue to see it. You saw the first wave during the Tea Party where a lot of younger senators and congressional districts uh, switched. And I think even with Trump cleaning the slate of all of those that ran in the district during 2016, during those primaries, allowed for new people to run. And you're seeing that now that, that now we're about to swing into a midterm with a Democrat as president, you're going to see it very much benefit the Republicans where we're going to probably pick up 10 to 20 seats which is normal in a midterm when you're with a, part, with a party's out of power. So if the younger Republicans can take advantage of this, right now I think congressionally and senator-wise, I think the average Republican leader is like in its like low 50s, whereas the average Democrat is in its high 60s. So yeah. like it's or you, the shift is already occurring. well. We're seeing well, we're seeing the right indicators, you know, in terms of again um, the fact that there's a labor shortage, the fact that there's a product shortage, the fact that gas prices are up, the fact that you know uh, housing prices are skyrocketing, and, and you know, I mean, so all these indicators, I think, are are, are prime, you know, red meat for Republicans to come out and say, hey, this Biden administration is taking us in the wrong direction. And to your point too, Johnny, about seeing the difference between how our youth are organized compared to the left, I think it's because we don't have the luxury of not being organized. Correct. Because just by default, right, people of that age demographic, we're talking about younger millennials and down to Gen Z, are naturally, any young people in any generation you go down, are naturally lean towards the liberal yeah. side of things yeah. at that age, especially when they do have pop culture, Hollywood, the media, the music industry, and so forth. So they could just be an autopilot and people are going to get, or they're consuming liberal ideology within you know, what's considered mainstream culture. So we have to be more proactive. And so God bless people like Charlie Kirk who are on the right. offense to make conservatism cool. I mean, I was there at SAS. It was amazing. It was super encouraging to see young people and they're hip you know? yeah, and right. they're conservatives. And so that's the kind of work we have to do. We can't just sit by because if you just sit by, what you're gonna, the information you're gonna get as a young person is gonna be liberal by default. Well, like so we Kaylee McEnany, who again is kind of a hometown girl, you know, she lives here in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I believe yep. so, yeah. 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 And Davis. she was a rock star at SAS, I mean, oh you know, gosh, and, yeah. and her social media accounts are just skyrocketing. And, and, and you're seeing, I think, I think one of the things that nobody's taking into account is, is that this pandemic has really laid out for people, I think, where the parties stand, you know. And so, on the left, you have these people who are basically ostracizing you if you don't get this vaccine, um, and 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 basically trying to make you an outcast if you don't get this vaccine, and telling you to stay home, and telling you to lock down, and 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 closing your 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 favorite businesses. And then on the Republican side, let's see that hey, let's get out there, let's get back to normalcy, let's open up businesses, let's you know where you're seeing the not only here in the United States, but globally, this very clear distinction between those that favor the government and those that favor freedom, um, and, and individual freedom, and that's that's really what's happening in Europe. You know that they're kind of waking up to the fact that they have these oppressive governments that they, in some cases, like in France, that they didn't even realize, uh, you know, how 
badly they were being oppressed until now all of a sudden they can't get their macchiato in the morning you know and uh and and, and so i think with young people they're even more keen to that because they have the expendable income the expendable time you know that now they're spending hours locked up you know maybe in their university dorm rooms or at home with their parents and you know when they should be living the normal college life um and they're they're seeing a very clear distinction in terms of governing uh, across the country and when they see how florida is being run in comparison to most of the other states i think there's there's no doubt that young people are going to side with freedom yeah, right. and 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 individuality the college campus right now is a is a is a prime example of how young people are realizing that what the Democrats have been talking to them and socialism and all the things about Marxism is bullshit. When you still have to pay your full college tuition when you're doing a Zoom call for a college class. So you're not on campus, you're not doing any of the benefits, you're not taking any advantage of all of that, and you still have to pay full price. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense to a lot of college kids and their parents. And that's going to have more ripple effects than anyone could ever a takeaway and yeah. then even in the normal day-to-day being able to work from home having that liberalization 30 percent of current people that are working in their jobs are thinking of quitting and going somewhere else that is going to cause huge ripple effects to the benefit allowing individuals to make individual choices for their families is the most democratic thing that we could have for right well and and just like a medicine can't be worse you know the cure can't be worse than the disease right you you, you can't you don't want to kill your patient with 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 the medicine given or whatever, the the policymakers have to view society uh, the same way. The, the cure can't be worse than the disease. And so you can only shut down the economy for so long. Correct. You can only restrict people to their homes and, and things like that for so long before it becomes worse than just allowing you know the, the natural course of things to go forward. And we're talking about after the vaccine. I mean, people were asking this question prior to the vaccine. They were right. saying, how much, how much longer can we do this before we just allow the, you know, this, this thing to run its course? But we actually have the vaccine now. And it, in mm-hmm. some ways, it feels like the conversation nationally and globally hasn't really changed a whole lot. You still have a lot of people that are acting as if we're like pre-vaccine, which I think is very... I think it disenfranchises a lot of populations. It disenfranchises your citizens. And that's not just the United States, but, but globally. Right. I mean, the, yeah, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. South Africa had riots last week that were compounded by their leader, their past leader going to prison, and a four, almost 35% unemployment rate. You have Tunisia that just got rid of their current governorship and got rid of their current parliament because of what's going on there. You have riots happening in Sydney where they're throwing uh, flower pots. Evidently, it's something that they do in, in, in Australia <laughs> is that they'll throw flower pots during protest. Oh, and, it, and, it's, and it's like, it's, it, they look like they're from Walmart, so it's like the cheap ones that blow. Sure, right. But you're like, this is, things are getting progressively worse around the world because of the rules. And again, a lot of these countries are going to take what we do in the United States and they're going to run with it. Because if, yeah. we can get, if we can get away with it, they can kind of get away with it. But well, we have the money to get away with it. And think about it. Now, this may not be the case for every country, because I know not everybody got the vaccine at the same time we did. Um, but in the United States, for sure, and I imagine it's starting to become this way in other developed countries, if you want the vaccine, you can get it. So the expectation of the populace, who was being very patient and I think very compliant, 
forget what you hear on social media. By and large, people were doing what they were told to do, okay, in regards to staying home and trying to stop the spread and wearing masks and things like that. And, but the understanding, I think, amongst most populations was that we're, get, we're trying to get ourselves to the vaccine because once we get ourselves to the vaccine and it's fully implemented and everybody that you know, wants one's got one, then we can go back to normal. Well, everybody that wants a vaccine has a vaccine right. in the United States. Yeah. So the only people we're talking about protecting now and restricting and locking ourselves down now for are people that are choosing to not get the vaccine and I mean, if that's the case, what are we doing? Because, because the because things have to change, and the powers that be, and the media, and academia, and all this, we're acting pre-vaccine, and we're making people that are vaccinated act as if nothing's happened. We were pre-vaccine, and so you're gonna have populations say, you know what, enough's enough. This doesn't make sense. Well, and their goal, we don't even know what the rules are anymore. Right. And let me just and let me end with this. The government has enough information now. We're like 18 months into this, right? The government has enough information through the data from our country, other countries, all this stuff that's going on that we can get from the medical community. They ought to now be able to articulate to the American people and to other populations, what is the standard by which we go back to normal? They've never communicated that. They did in the beginning by saying like 14 days, 30 days, whatever. But they've never been able to communicate what is the standard by which we can know that we've achieved success and can somehow go back to normal. They never give you that number and they consistently move those goalposts. And when you do that to people Mm -hmm. for a certain period of time, people are going to throw their hands up and say, I got to live my life. And that's what I think is happening now. And and as it should, people got to move. Well, and again, once, you know, uh, once Quebec entered entered their third lockdown, you know, they had an outcry from the public because again, they were given no benchmarks, no timeline, uh, you know, nothing, nothing to look forward to, right? No, no goal in sight, no end in sight. And, and they were like, well, when, when is this going to end? Like, when is it, you know, like at some point, like give us something, you know, to go on, Um, you know, like people will happily oblige if they'll say, "Okay, well, once we reach this point, you know, we'll we'll be we'll be good." Because it brings into question whether the government actually has an idea of right. what success looks like. Yeah. And if you can't tell me at this point, right, in the scientific community, if they can't lay out to you what success looks like, then you're not going to get the buy-in from the American people. Well, and I think their goal, I believe, the government's goal is what to get about seventy percent of the. Uh, around 70% okay, of the true. population did, uh, did, vaccinated, they, they which I don't think ever is ever going to happen. They I just, did say that. I don't that. think that's and, a realistic number. And now, yeah. now it appears well, now it appears like vaccinations have dropped off precipitously. Right. And um, well, right. Biden had one goal where he would allow us to have uh, 4th of July celebration and picnics. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and, and we never reached that right. goal. But then we learned. We, we save we our 60 saved. cents. We 16 cents. <laughs> right. Uh, 16. Was a good, 16. Uh, that's right. It was 16. <laughs> one six. Yeah. So, uh, okay. A consolation prize. Okay. I think, yeah, I think at the moment the United States is a little bit, right, I think at 60% or like a little bit under 60% uh, 
have got received yeah. the shot. Well, we'll, we'll get there if they mandate it for children going to school. That'll that'll get us there. I think that will blow up the system. If you and I think just it, having the idea of putting masks on children for this you, you want to you want to see red states has, blow up oh, in yeah. population. Yeah. I mean, go ahead These and start moms and parents will not stand. Will yeah. t- will take blood. We're already seeing a lot of Well, there's young women who are afraid to take the vaccines because yeah. of what because, it may yeah. cause what it may do their fertility. We should just the Republican Party of Florida should just start buying ads in these states that basically say something along the line of, you know, we're we're here, we're ready, come on down and do something. Yeah. I mean, because People are leaving. I, at the at the uh, conference this past weekend, I met some people in the pool, and they were from New York, right? And uh, and and I was like, oh, okay. Well, and they were, we were just chatting about that, and uh, they're like, we're we're from upstate New York. They wanted to they wanted to they wanted to separate themselves from the New York City. And I said, no, no, I, I get it, because I was curious. You didn't really have that that New York accent, you know? And they were telling me, well, that's because we're not from New York City. And I guys, I, I understand. I said, just remember. Don't New York my Florida. That's right. Because you know, we got things going. And, and they laughed because they knew it was true. And they knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. I didn't even have to explain it. Well, and for the first time ever, I mean, I don't think we've ever kind of really, like, you know, people always kind of joked about it. But I think for the first time, you actually see people throughout the state, like, yeah. actually sending that message across yeah. to the people who've, I mean, I see it all over social media. Yeah. I see it in groups that I belong to. I see it on people's cars. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, I hear it. I can't like, hey, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're moving here, all right, cool. All right, but don't mess it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't, yeah. you know, because you moved here for a reason. I mean, Sheriff Grady Dodd said that in a press right. conference. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Was, it the, was yeah. it the conference that he was wearing a gold chain? <laughs> with the with the G- oh my with the what? Jesus medallion on it What's what it? Uh, evidently he, well, he who is this he's in a couple of rap Grady videos Judd. yes uh, so Grady Judd oh there that's was a, right he was in a rap there was a big was really? there Grady was a, Judd yeah it was awkward it was a very Grady. it was awkward there was a very big drug bust in his county and for um, Lee ever marijuana and cocaine and everything else and for some odd reason he had a gold chain on everything that was a part of the evidence and he was just showing oh, wow, it off that's and i was hilarious. like the man could do no wrong <laughs> I need in to my see eyes this. could do no wrong so you're saying at his normal professional uh conference. uh uh, uh press conference he went ahead and took the gold chain and wore I, it he was wearing a gold chain i gotta look that up but lauren we we saw it come up the thread that's and cool. lauren and i were like is that it, oh my god it was phenomenal no, it, it wasn't that press conference it was the one on hb1 the anti-riot uh, bill he was there with the governor oh, and when he said it. that statement you saw just santos was like cracking up <laughs> <laughs> well but again he's the only sheriff that could really pull that off you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean? he's awesome um so all right well thank you again everybody for watching the yard sign joe wicker bernie Jacques, and an evil david cabrera joining me today uh we're gonna go ahead and close with a final topic even though we're already way over time and we're maybe getting into our our most controversial topic of the night um but we'll we'll try to do it justice here and, and wrap it up in a timely manner uh cuba 3.0 um you know the the internet access continues to be sporadic uh we continue to see atrocious videos coming out of uh police violence against uh the cuban protesters um you know you you truly see how oppressed a population is when you know one policeman swinging around a baton can really uh, i mean frighten a, an entire group of people i mean yeah, because wild, right? these police officers are outnumbered easily i mean in, in any of these situations uh, but these people are so used to being oppressed and they're in such fear 
of getting arrested and basically being thrown in prison, never to be seen again. I'm a political prisoner. Sure, yeah. yeah that you know they they are starting to fight back though, uh, which is amazing. You know, I saw a, a video where there was a police officer who was retaliated against. You know, which. Which is not, I have never seen that before. No, and, and, and so while, yeah, it's, you, you don't want to advocate violence, right? But, I mean, you're truly starting to see the population fight back, mm -hmm. you know? And I was having this conversation earlier today, you know, about how, okay, great. Like, I love Governor DeSantis' idea about giving them free Wi-Fi. And, yes, Mark Zuckerberg, you have drones that can provide Wi-Fi yep. to the you? island of Cuba, why, right? Why aren't you? You know, Jeff Bezos is half Cuban. Why isn't he getting in, in, involved um, it would, you know, upset their would, Chinese communist overlords. Oh, of yeah. course, yeah. <laughs> that, that uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and so, you know, again, you don't want to be pro-intervention, you know, foreign intervention. Um, you certainly want this uprising to be very much grassroots of the people of Cuba. But at, to a certain point, they need the resources, even if it's food, right, first and foremost, because they're a malnourished country um, with very little access to water, certainly very little access to food. Um, but then what else? You know, to, to, for them to be able to truly have any success in overthrowing the government, uh, unfortunately, I, I think blood will have to be shed, as it already has been on the side of the Cuban people, but they need the resources to be able to fight back. And that's where I think, you know, who's going to be the one to step up to, to provide them those, the those resources? Where is the CIA? I don't understand. Isn't this, isn't this to, what we're supposed to be no. doing? The CIA, Aren't the we supposed C to be taking down communism <laughs> worldwide? The CIA like, what? has tried how many times to kill that man? Castor, and they, well, Castor, he's dead. they've never been able to. Fidel's dead. Allegedly. And so... I don't think you have to invade. All you got to do is provide a little support. I mean, it sounds to me like the, the people are ready to roll. Drop, so. some, drop some crates. So all you got to do is you know, drop some supplies. But what supplies are you talking Just drop about? Just drop some human... Humanitarian you supplies. You have a population <laughs> that now this is probably the third generation that has never had access to weapons. Okay. Yeah. Never, they took that all away during the 60s. AK is easy right. to learn. Yeah, and also saying. shoot people that you don't want to shoot. But saying. the thing is this, and I, I say this... Well, with, and I truly wonder how much the internet has led to this uprising. Allow, yeah, allowing you know, for the free usage of information and not yeah. allowing the government to be able to control what's happening on, net, on networks is one, one step. But well, the some, of them, time, some of the Cuban the people have time, actually been able to travel here yes. and then travel back. So you can imagine what a culture shock that is to see kind of where the world is and then having to go back to such an oppressed situation. But it also takes them, those are, you're also talking about upper class um, individuals right. from Cuba that have family here that are able to get them through the network to get them sure. here to the United States because there are no direct flights. The only time Cuba will become free is when the military detaches itself from the government. And that is what's going to have to happen. You, in every single uprising in, the, in Central America and, and the Caribbean has always occurred when there has been the military siding with the people. It is not the people that stormed the, the palace. It is the military allowing the people to storm the palace. And until that happens, no change will occur. And has there been any kind of talk about that? Has there been any dissension among the ranks in the Cuban military? I haven't seen any. Well, and that's the thing. So there's been very kind of sparse communication as far as what's actually happening there. There doesn't, there, there 
it doesn't seem a lot of positive progress, you know, but there seems to be a continuation of the protests happening. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, is that everybody's kind of, you know, scratching their heads as to, well, what can we do? How do we, you know, I mean, you had uh, basically a flotilla just about ready to go out of Miami literally, um, before the Coast Guard, you know, basically kind of put their foot down and said, you know, that there were, you know, there was going to be a lot of trouble to be had if anybody, you know, set, you know, uh, set course towards Cuba, you know, so, so, you know, this was the conversation that Joe had, Joe and I had at length, which is really what is our modern day role here, uh, I mean, we've we, we've I think we've learned that we obviously can't spread democracy, um, but but I think we can still advocate for freedom and and freedom from oppression, you know. And if and if that's not our role, then what is our role um, globally? I mean, how does Cuba get worse? If you take now, you could you could argue well, it could be another dictator come in. Okay, okay right. I got that, but but the people have got to have some opportunity to. Um, to change things and the fact is is that I felt this way about the Iraqis you know it's like you'll hear Americans say things like well they have to fight for themselves fight with what potatoes right you want them to throw t you want them to throw you know um, you know what do you want to, what do you want you want them to throw rocks at, at tanks I mean so what do you want, want the them United to do States to be issuing I, arms no, I'm, I'm, to groups I'm, that we I'm, don't know the I'm position saying, they're going to I'm saying I'm sorry, that don't we have examples people, of past that we yeah, have well, what groups, groups, groups of people we do not have to engage okay, in, in in full scale military operations to take at, to to assist people in obtaining their freedom especially from what really is a weak country. The Cuban military is really nothing. Yeah, this but you're also, Anibal's trying to compare it to the Middle East where there's sects, right? And there's groups, you know, that are right. fighting for power, right. which is not the case in Cuba. I don't think Correct. it is either. I, I think Because all the people that we would have had those individuals to be able to organize left during the 70s and left during the second, second flotilla. And what's probably right. gonna happen now, if the Castro regime is gonna think about this correctly, is they're gonna allow this to pressure cook for at least another two or three or four months. And then they're just gonna send them all to the United States again, because that's what's happened the last two if, times. If there's so, what happened the last two times is that there's protesting, there's anger, people are pissed, and you know what the Cuban government says? Fine, then leave. And they put right. them on boats and they okay, float but to the here's United the, States. But here's the problem, we don't have the same immigration policy anymore. They don't you, get. You don't they think don't, the Biden administration is going to, to buckle? Yeah. Oh no, the Biden administration doesn't want Cubans fleeing communism. They will. Here. No, no, they, they don't. Will. Those are those no. are future Republicans. They're very hardline about they, it. They don't want yeah. that. I'm telling you right so now. So we you, don't. They don't have the. the Coast Guard isn't going to send anyone back. No. The Coast Guard is going to let them go. And then if the Coast Guard stops these Cuban immigrants from coming to, I don't think so. No, no they are no, patrolling. No, they are patrolling. I don't want to send them back. In fact, I know for a fact. Cuban government currently is not. The Coast Guard is currently patrolling the Florida State. Yes. To make sure that there are no that there is no one coming from the from because the Cuban Cuba government to, at the moment is not encouraging people to leave the country, and when that happens, yeah, but the Coast Guard is not going to allow for it either. They didn't allow it the last two times, but they still let it happen. I put it like this. I put it like this, Enable. If you lived in Cuba and you had been oppressed all these years, you wouldn't care who was helping you and how. You wouldn't care. You would just want help from anybody. So I'm not advocating, you know, a military invasion of Cuba, but what I would say is that you cannot tell me that the place is 90 miles away. We have the ability to drop some humanitarian supplies into that country and let those people 
potentially, you know, take back their country. Americans are not going to want the idea of the U.S. going into another country and manipulating. Right, but this is the thing: who's going to stop us? Football season's getting ready to start. Enable Americans aren't going to be paying attention. People go and Joe for your plan to work. They need the internet access so they can watch YouTube videos on how to work these supplies. Hey, it's kind of like it's kind of like when people. Well, I feel about I feel about. I feel about the 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 um, ability of, of of poor destitute people to fight for their own uh, liberty, kind of like I do when when Americans would say things like, "Oh, what are you? How are you going to against the gun, gun owners? How are you going to uh, fight against the U.S. government?" I'm like, "Well, let's go to Afghanistan, and we'll show you how it happens. Let's right. go to Iraq. I'll show you. I'll show you how an uneducated man, you know, in sandals and a single rifle can pin down an entire infantry platoon." I'll show you how people who are committed to their cause, even if they're in the wrong, people that are committed to their cause can do great things with very few resources. Yeah. And I believe the Cuban people would figure out you know, that this is the time and this is the opportunity. We ought to do something. And if we're not willing to do something, then we need to stop talking about, you know, freedom and democracy and spreading democracy around. We need to stop talking about that because we're not serious if it's happening right across the border from us. We've had the, the last 30 years, we have seen the U.S. military be used as some sort of democracy spreading tool to liberate societies and liberate certain countries around the world. And it's been to the detriment and to the lives of people that have been lost. The American people are not going to want us to do some form of intervention. I don't think, of intervention. Kind of I don't think he's calling for that either. But what I'm saying is, what you're, asking, actually, what you're asking for will have some I actually, form of congressional requirement okay, well, to let go me just, through. And the oh, Congress will not please, do that. Please, when was the last time Congress approved a war? Okay, but, but first of all, um, let me just use this example real quick. If if you put a call out for Americans to volunteer to form a, a few divisions of, of military personnel to go to, say, Saudi Arabia, I don't think your line would be very long. I don't think there'd be a lot of people lining up to go to Saudi Arabia, okay? They're, they're technically, those people are technically under a dictatorship, right? Okay, if you put the call out and said, who wants to go to Cuba? I'm going to tell you, I bet the recruiting station would be overwhelmed. It certainly would in Miami. There are people that I feel convinced, and there are young men and, and middle-aged men and some older men that would be happy to be involved in any effort that was going to assist the Cuban people because we actually have a very common bond with the Cuban people. I mean, we have a population group in the United States that has relatives there that live under communism and would like to see them liberated. We still have a common bond. We, really, we don't have anything in connection with the Middle we're, East. We're sitting here really. in Ybor City, yeah. right. in a place that could not have been right. formed without the contributions right. of the Cuban We people. are in the former cigar capital of the country. Right. <laughs> that was populated by Cubans right. and the Spanish. The only comment the I'll make in that reference is that I can't wait for us to then do that with Venezuela and the next time to do Let's that with the other one. Let's roll. Ready. There were people roll. ready to do it. Yeah. Let's and roll. We should, continue to, we should continue to overthrow Let's other roll. people's governments and continue to overthrow and use taxpayer money to do these things. Perfectly no, we just need to do what we say we're going to do. If we're about democracy, which I don't even like using that word, really, but I mean... For we're us, about democracy, we're I mean, but we're also really about that. Really? If yeah, we're about that, it, then let's be about that. We did that already. We, the 80s have no, nothing but examples 
uh, we didn't manipulate other people's country, other people's elections, other people's Oh, I'm not saying. Oh, I'm not saying that. We didn't invade that. Panama. We didn't invade Dominican Republic. We didn't invade Haiti. How is many Panama times? better off today than they were the prior to? Is that going to be your? Are they better is that the litmus off? test that we're going to say well, that yeah, the Americans? Of course, I mean, Panama is a far better yeah, place today than it was as, thirty as years ago. As long as human rights were violated, as long as at the end of it, it was the ends justified the means. Who cares? No, you're gonna, you're gonna say saying, that Nicaragua, Panama, post. Um, I'm not saying anything. What I'm saying is that we were doing that multiple times, and the world hated us because of it. Okay, hated us regardless. because of it, right? So and, and the, well, this is, and this is the point that, that Joe and I were, were making the other night. The truth of the matter is, is that you know, again. The United Nations is going to be against what we do, anyways, right. because all of them favor Cuba right. and they favor China and Russia, right? I mean, you've got these 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 countries that literally oppress men and women, you know, and they sit on human rights councils, right? You know, know and so so who cares what the United that. States? Then then have them move, opinions. then have them move the U the, the UN over to Denmark oh, or I Switzerland or something like that. But also, I agree with that. But also, but they enable, won't because we're footing the bill. But also, enable here's the. Thing. I, I ask myself, what, am I the only one that gets to be free? Do I get to be free only because, only because my forefathers fought for it and now I'm just a beneficiary? Now, I know I, I, know I was born in America and got the, world, got the global lottery ticket. We all did. If, if you're here, whether you were born here or whether you were able to get here, I mean, you won the lottery ticket of the world. Okay, do the Cuban people have no right whatsoever to freedom? We, I'm, just, I'm just asking questions. We have to ask ourselves as a country, if we believe in our founding principles, which is inalienable rights given to us by our creator, right? All men created equal, consent of the governed, that governments work for the people and that the people have the right to throw off their governments and change their governments when they become tyrannical. That's how we created this place. So do we no longer believe that or do we only believe it applies to us? And if we believe it and we don't think that it only applies to us, if we really believe that all people are created equal, then that means the same rights we have should be for everyone. Now, I'm not suggesting that that means we have the ability or the responsibility to enforce it on the world, but when the opportunity arises and the American people especially have a common bond with another group of people that are oppressed and are asking for help and are ready to liberate themselves, the United States, I would argue, has a moral obligation to assist in some capacity that it can, that it can do. I don't agree. I, do, I completely do not agree. Well, move to At Cuba. The the, why would I have see, to move to Cuba? Move to Cuba. I, will, I have just, purposely never done anything to support that government or that regime, nor sent money to make sure of that. If anything, we've been part of organizations to try to make sure that the money so went to the churches fine, that were going there. But your argument then is refuse, that we have no responsibility. I refuse okay, to allow just, us to be... First of all, the things that we did in the 80s were not for the people. It was not to bring democracy to Central and South America. It was because we wanted the resources, and we were being extremely colonial during those times. And the fact that we... The only reason why there's a country of I, Panama I, 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 is because... Government characterization. I'm sorry. Why is there a country of Panama? Look, Anibal, government... Why is there a country of Panama? It's because of the national interest. Yes, well, it is the national interest yes. of the United States to manipulate yes. another country's yes. economic and Anibal, political system. governments are led by, by, by people, and people are going to serve their own self-interest. I'm not suggesting that 
every time we have engaged in supporting a liberty movement that it's been purely moral that no one's ever tried to benefit from it or something i'm not suggesting that but i'll tell you what though no but you're suggesting if, to invade a country if the united states <laughs> was able to engage in economic trade with cuba and that made the united states richer if the cuban people in the process gain their liberty and are able to be the ones trading with us do you think they care we do that we try that we, we get try, to benefit we from tried it. that policy with china and look where we're at now we thought by allow opening the floodgates to china when it comes to economic uh compatibility and bringing trade back and forth that oh it would i didn't say liberal, trade with it would, cuba it would oh, no, 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 no. i didn't china. say i didn't say open up trade with cuba first i said liberate the people Regime and if if, the if, if if the liberty i will be the first person to say that we i cannot wait until china until because until cuba is a free here's what and we know country here's what I we know used to say that the right, american but how people do you expect them to allow. achieve that Every country has to make that decision. Those people have to, right. blood has easy to be shared. For, easy for us right. to say. Has to be. So easy why not assist them in the process? Why easy not have the resources? Because there is no actual leadership there, and we're going to have a situation where we're once again being seen as the colonialists when it comes Unable, to Central and South America. It's easy for us to say that. I don't care how that they see us. Why does it harm us? How they see us? Regardless of what we do, they're the haters. In fact, I want to. I want to live in the United States where we're where we're actually doing something about the Weiger. And the and Muslims, the Uyghur slaves in China, you know. But meanwhile, everybody, literally everyone, has turned their back to that whole situation happening. Yeah, you know, and you know, and this is economy in the world. Unable. In the country, I want to tell you companies something. that we shop on every single day are supporting the Chinese government. Unable, I so if individuals really cared quick. about that, then they wouldn't be shopping at places that sold Chinese manufactured goods. Yeah, but, the, but everyone's cell phone, but the average person, the average person shopping on Walmart, this table has something to do with China. Every piece of technology. You're right, but the and average person. Person, something that goes fine. We're that's not going. It. Yeah, but that's not going to be the solution. They don't care. And Anibal, I, I agree. We should not have. Looking back, we probably should. I mean, I wasn't alive when Nixon did this, but we should not have opened up to China like we did, because enriching a communist country just makes them more violent and militaristic. But here's the thing: what we know about um, about global um, policy, okay, and what we know about stability in the world is that democratic countries okay that are neighbors tend to not fight each other they tend to trade with one another Correct. and not get involved in wars Correct. that's why it's in the national it's, national interest to topple hostile regimes so right. it's in the national so if so your neighbor it's a national interest for us to remove the embargo if for cuba if your neighbor, and start trading amongst no, no, oh, no, 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 Yeah, but you're no. talking about a country of 2.1.2 billion and, and another one has less than 40 million no. people on it. No, but saying the Cuba, the Chinese experience was a failed one. The Cuba one should not be duplicated as such. You have to have the regime You mentioned something so but enable you, you mentioned something about the way people view us and things like that and i can appreciate that i when i was in iraq i had an iraqi interpreter who he was a he was a smart guy and he worked with us and i remember he told me once because i was talking with him about like the way the iraqis view us and things like that and um you know we were talking about it was during the surge so we brought we were talking about the fact that we are going to leave eventually and he he reminded me of something he, he told me, he said, you know, you guys, I know that you guys are not, um, you know, anti-Muslim or colonialist or whatever. He said, I know that because of what you did in former Yugoslavia, because it was the Muslims that were being slaughtered by Slobodan Milosevic Correct. 
in that region of the world. Right. It, was the, it was the Muslims that were being um, ethnically cleansed, and it was the United States with very little real interest. I mean, we could have let that go on longer. We stepped in because we viewed it as a moral tragedy. And yes, I'm sure that at the Pentagon and the CIA and other places, there were, there were other advantages to us being involved and that served our own interest. But nonetheless, if you were a Muslim in that country at that time, having the United States show up meant that you had a chance at keeping your life and being free. And that part of the world is better because of us our intervention. Into the and that was the real Baltics. that was real military the, intervention. The reason, I'm not even suggesting that for Cuba. We had, I don't think it's but necessary. We had NATO. And we had the larger network to allow us to move into there. There's a reason why the, the, we, got, we were able to go into Iraq the first time, because it was somewhat of a coalition to go through. There's no coalition the, in Central America that's going to allow the this. People, There's no coalition that's going to allow this don't the Caribbean. The coalition's in Miami, bro. Miami, that's the coalition. Miami the coalition's is not the rest, but there. Miami is not the rest of the country. You cannot dictate foreign policy just because of one part of the country. And again, I want Cuba to be free yeah. more than anyone yeah. else. But That's I refuse right. to allow... You but, uh, but well, don't to think, allow you don't think that the rest of the countries throughout the Caribbean want to see a free Cuba? I, I would say this. If, you, if we do a snap poll of Americans wanting to, for the U.S. to do military intervention into Cuba, I wouldn't be surprised if 60 to 70 percent is against it. I just it. said Anibal. push some stuff out of the back of an airplane. I, I just guys. said push stuff out the back of an airplane. I didn't say... Dumb Drop. Tanks and all that. I didn't say all that. And you don't I mean, think people have tried that in the past? I just and said, where does that, and where said, does that stuff go? That stuff goes to the Cuban government. Push some supplies Again, out of the back of an people airplane. Think it's so and easy. let the people let the people figure it out for themselves. People, yes, and you know the people that are going to get those contrabands are going to be the Cuban government. But Aniba, we know please, some guys. Please. That, we know some guys you in Hialeah who will strap up right now. Yeah, but you but <laughs> down there. No, and I know that. And oh we, gosh, and if, yeah. And, if we want to go there, we can see what happens when an individual and a group of people hire assassins me, no, and make them people and drop them in the middle of Haiti and see what happens You there. want to know how bad it is. I have friends that they, they will... They, they don't even like leaving Hialeah, <laughs> much less Miami-Dade County. And I've never seen so and many Cubans. I've never seen so many Cubans hop on their car or hop on a bus or hop on a plane to Washington, D.C. Uh, to protest yeah. what's going on right now. And so to Joe's point, I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. I think if they were to form a voluntary division you know, of people who wanted to go and intervene in what's happening in Cuba, absolutely. And do I think we would have other countries throughout Latin America that would assist? Absolutely. You think Puerto Rico, obviously colony of ours, but do you don't think Puerto Rico would Territory. want to intervene? You know, yeah. Let's clarify um, that correctly. You know, the you know, the Bahamas, you know, you're talking about the Dominican Republic, you're talking about, you know, Haiti, you're talking about you don't think these countries want to see, you know, why? Because again, there's terrorism that's being funneled through Cuba. Oh, yeah. There are drugs, I there's know, I you know, know I know all of this. Yeah. And if so, you, and if we and if again we currently have hemispherically i think we the, would have a lot the of current support. president and the current congress will oh, never yeah. allow for anything like this and the cc and the military the wokeness of the military yeah. i would never allow shipments to be like that to be dropped over but the way this works out is that's that a the more compelling point the, the private wokeness. version the private sector yeah. is what's going to move this along the private sector is going to push satellites over cuba to allow for free internet no look the into the question is going to be the one that drops i know but the to the question in the, in the comment further. section the what if we allowed the that's what i'm saying i don't have a problem with that whatsoever no, the Cuban, the Cuban, uh, uh, what if Cuban people and the Cuban people alone decide what type of government they want to live under? 
Right, which which How can we, they decide that? Well, that's the thing, but we're not we allowed to, to give them Bloodshed that option. is going to have to be had. They don't have that choice. Bloodshed is going to have to be had. You know? That's the only way these things work. Well, exactly. But again, it's 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 going to be, I mean, literally a David and Goliath situation. At some point you need if you have resources. the Cuban people go up against the Cuban military. Yeah. This was the and issue David at, won. This was the issue in Hungary, I believe, in the early 1950s, where they were counting on U.S. support, mm -hmm. and they were facing a, a very brutal communist repression there. The aid didn't come, and they were rolled over. Right. They had the will. They had the the Mi the, 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 the Miami-Dade Sheriff's Department could probably take out Cuba. Uh, yeah. The Miami-Dade Sheriff's court, Department yes. could probably I take I out Cuba. They they're Sheriff's a bankrupt office. country. They Absolutely. have no real military. And they would flinch. It, 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 they would they would fold. How much do you think the Cuban soldiers really want? to like be on that side. What, all it takes is for them to see the tide turning. And I'm going to tell you, if, they, if nothing else, they know this. They know that when you're on the losing side of a conflict in Cuba, you end up against the concrete wall. So all you have to have is enough initiative and gain the initiative for the, for the Cuban military and the people that are there that have family members that are oppressed, okay, to, to realize that this is not a winning argument and they'll turn against their own government and they'll take over and they'll be freedom in Cuba. And I'll give you a perfect example. When, when we put out the bounty for Saddam Hussein and for Uday and Kusay, the reason why they were captured so quickly was because, yes, there were people in that country that benefited by that in, those individuals being in charge, but there was nobody in Iraq that hadn't been either personally negatively impacted or had a family member or a close friend who had been negatively impacted in a, ter in a terrorist way by those men. And so when, when the time came that they knew that they could give, it up, give them all up un without threat and, and in a safe manner, buddy, they gave them up super quick. I cannot and wait. And the same thing I, would happen to the Cuban government. I they would give them up. I cannot wait until the day that we were able to travel to a free and, and democratized Cuba. You don't until, seem to be in a rush. But until then... Well, it won't be any help but until from you. Then, we know that. It won't be because of your efforts, Emil. It won't be. It won't be. And it won't be because of anyone he here. It won't be. It won't be. Because none of us here are currently participating in and the political... And it's not about dictating effort. what type no, of government they no, no, have. No. At the end of the day, no one here is an elected official, so we don't have the ability to make the decisions that are, need to be made. And two, we are not in Cuba, and we're not fighting the regime right then and there. You just drive the, the landing craft, that are going. We'll get out. We'll storm the beaches. You just land, drive the landing craft. It's never Just get happen. me as close as we can get. <laughs> I'll swim the rest of the way. <laughs> I, I won't swim. All right. I won't swim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again for watching the Yard Sign. Joe Wicker, Bernie Jacques, and Anibal David Cabrera joining me. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, tonight's dialogue. It's certainly been a good one. Um, we're going to wrap up the show uh, as we now approach hour two. Um, so we'll Who thought Cuba would take that Cuban long? People yeah, needed. exactly. Cuban pe we did it for Cuba. We did it for Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll run down the table left to right and uh, talk about the the one thing we didn't talk about today. So uh, what uh, what's on your radar, Joe? What's uh, something Start we didn't get to the show? Joe's still I'm, fired up. I'm I'm ready to volunteer. Like, I mean, <laughs> anybody looking for some 43 year old overweight, you know, soldiers? I mean, you know, let's all volunteer. You're ready to take the oath right now, Joe? There we go. He's ready to re-enlist. Enable, what uh, did we miss? I am looking at South Africa, actually, as their country continues to disintegrate into chaos. At the moment, you're watching the one party, the African Central, or African continent something, I can't re remember the acronym, has been in power since um, that country has been in apartheid. 
And it never has been a split of the main party. And I, we see that happening now with the previous president um, being put into prison about two weeks ago, the riots happening last week, and the, the, the fallout of what has occurred there. And so you'll now see either a growing of the political process, which comes with growing pains with what they're suffering now, or you'll see a return to a more um, dictatorial regime in South Africa. So that's what I'm looking at at the moment. All right. right, Bernie. All right, I've got a redistricting on my mind. So, <laughs> All right, you know, that's a good every, one. Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> every 10 years, you know, All we right. have redistricting after the census, and that's where we redraw the lines, whether it's congressional lines, state senate, state representative lines. And it stresses the point that uh, your local state-level legislature elections truly matter. Right. Um, one of the pushes the Democrats are trying to make in the 2020 cycle, not only to take the White House, but to flip state legislatures, because then they will be in charge of redrawing congressional districts and so forth. They fail miserably at that. And so next year, the Florida legislature is going to convene, and they're going to redraw some lines. If you have very liberal people in power, they're going to make it very slanted towards the Democrats. We talked about CD13. That's one that a lot of people are looking to be redistricted, to be made more fair um, to the population growth or uh, to comport with the population and not be so politically slanted towards the Democrats. That will help us and the pickups that we need. So I've got redistricting in my mind. Obviously, that affects uh, me. I'm running for the state legislature. Bernie for Florida.com. Bernie for Florida.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Bernie with a Y, not IE like the socialist Bernie. I could use any support that you can offer. Uh, let's get to Tallahassee and, and let's keep Florida free. Thank you. Nice job uh, getting I, the plug in. I, I like yeah, that. That was I like, impressive. I like, I like you spelling the good. name because that that's good. a good point. I hadn't even yeah, thought about that. Bernie with a Y. Bernie with a Y, not the IE. Gotcha. Well, um, I am looking forward to seeing what happens with college football season because <laughs> I'm upset because of this COVID Delta variant Yeah. because I'm trying to get my son to his first college football game. Mm. And last year they did 25% attendance, which if you're, if you're used to college football, yeah, especially SEC football, I mean, we expect 100K in the sure, stands. Right. 25,000 people is a high school football game in East Tennessee. Right. I mean, that's not a college game. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens because, you know, they have to make a decision on campuses mm -hmm. around the, and the conferences will be making their decisions as to what they're going to be doing. And I think a lot of the rules will be by, 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 by conference. Right. And so I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens because football season starts uh, first, uh, like the 9th or something of September. Right. Somewhere around the 7th, 8th, 9th of September. So. I mean, hmm. we're, 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 we're just a little over a month away. Well, and, and I was going to actually talk about a, a Cuba, more Cuba-related story, which is that the city council here continues to bicker about, you know, their support and what level of support. And, you know, they're just – anyways – Tampa City, Tampa City Council supports did the Cuban people. Yeah, okay. but they're yeah. just they're still going back and yeah. forth yeah. as to you know some of the verbiage. But not too strong. Uh, but I but I actually people. want to piggyback on on you bringing up college football because what's fascinating, what's going to be fascinating to me, and we're already starting to see you know some of the coverage and and, and is now that they are eligible to make money and make oh, endorsements. Yeah, and, right. and, I mean, we're seeing I think uh, the the quarterback for Alabama. For Alabama's I think, already got a uh, million dollars in endorsements. Yeah. Which is crazy. Right. And, you know, That's shout amazing. out to, you know, a, a, a guy I know uh, here locally, Mike Murphy, who owns the Murphy Auto Group out of Lakeland. Uh, he owns about five or six car dealerships, actually already paying some uh, 
University of Miami, some USF uh, athletes uh, cool. giving them endorsements, the along with the college be, hunks, the, the college hunks moving junk, which is also a Tampa-based company. Uh, also uh, paying for endorsements of University of Miami players because uh, I think they're alumni, and also some University of but South Florida players. They're like, hold on, yeah. I got to pay taxes on this now. <laughs> <laughs> it was all under the table. I like the old system before. Oh, and speaking of which, Netflix is putting out a cocaine. King Cowboys series, oh, God. Um, you know, uh, called uh, the Kings of Miami. So, uh, needless to say, I'm sure University of Miami is going <laughs> to pop up in there uh, a few times. But uh, on that note, thank you again, everybody, for watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Uh, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can get the download the audio version on all of those there. And don't forget for the video version. You can get it right here on Facebook and YouTube. On behalf of Joe Wicker, Bernie Jacques, and Enable David Cabrera, I'm Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bear, bear, bear. <laughs>